0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is MJ. And I'm Liz. And we're your host of Sisters in Crime. Today we will be talking about the Jonestown Massacre. Although I am familiar with the case, through my research, I found new information that I just wasn't aware of before. And honestly, I wanted to cover the case just to see if I could get a better understanding about why this tragedy had to happen. But regardless of all the research that I did, so many questions were still left unanswered. So let's get started. I think it's important to start off by introducing the man himself, James aka Jim Jones. Jim was born on May 31st, 1931 in a small town of Indiana and was born into a very humble household. I'm assuming they mean humble in a sense that his family struggled financially because they definitely did. Throughout his childhood, Jim was a regular churchgoer and he gained an interest in someday having his own congregation. For anyone who knows us out there, you know that my family and I, we didn't really grow up going to church. And if I'm being quite honest, I didn't really understand what a congregation is. So Liz, I looked it up if you could please define it for our listeners. Of course. A congregation is defined as a group of people assembled for religious worship. And I know it may seem a little silly to have to define the word, but you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there who didn't know what it meant either. And y'all already know that that's what we're here for so we can make the show easier. After Jim graduated college in the 1950s, he began to preach to the people and join a ministry. Jim was best known as a healer with psychic abilities. Jim was also pro-racial integration, which made him stand out at the time, since during the 50s, segregation was alive and well. With all his success accumulated by his charisma, charm, and progressive views, in 1955, Jim was able to open and run his own Pentecostal church, named the Wings of Deliverance, which later became better known as the People's Temple, which primarily served the African-American community. Jim was well-known for serving his community, helping the homeless, and still advocating for racial and social justices. His service did not go unnoticed, and later in the 1960s, he became the director of the Human Rights Commission of Indiana. In 1965, Jim packed his bag and traveled west, heading to California. He arrived in Ukiah. And guys, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, but I looked it up and everybody pronounced it Yukia. so uh, blame them, not me. But regardless, Jim arrived in Yukia and then moved once again six years later to San Francisco in 1971. During this time in San Francisco, Jim was making himself and his congregation known. The People's Temple grew to open another congregation in Los Angeles, and they grew to about 20,000 members in just five years from his arrival to San Francisco. Jim and members of the People's Temple served his community offering free meal services, drug rehabilitation, and medical help to those in need. From the outsider's perspective, it looked as if Jim was changing the world for the better, but the behind the scenes told an entirely different story. Jim's reputation began to suffer as people took notice of all the sketchiness around Jim. For starters, many people began to call out his healing abilities, claiming that he was faking his cancer healing rituals. I wonder why they would think he was faking his cancer rituals. I think it kind of had to do like if you look up the videos where he's like preaching and performing healing rituals, it's very exaggerated, very dramatic and too much, way too much. Former members claimed they were beaten and even forced to give up their belongings. From then his reputation began to spiral from his drug addiction to rumors of adultery to even pocketing donations from the church members. That one to me was all so crazy. I have heard that that happens often. Along with all these speculation came an investigation into Jim and his congregation. Jim now known as the prophet could not let his reputation that he had worked so hard for vanish. So once again he decided to move his congregation. This time however, Jim decided to leave the US and headed to South America and settled in Guyana. Why Guyana? So back in 1974, a couple years before Jim actually decided to head that way, he had already sent a couple members of the people's temple to go set up a agricultural commune, which is basically a community that focuses on agricultural labor. And now a quick word from today's sponsor. When Jim arrived in Guyana, he was not alone. He arrived with about 1,000 of his followers who uprooted their entire lives to join Jim in the so-called euphoria that he promised them. And just a FYI guys, euphoria means a feeling or state of intense excitement and happiness. And this so-called euphoria that the people's temple members were promised kind of reminded me of the book The Giver. If you guys haven't read that book i definitely recommend it it's just about a boy who was born into this so-called utopian society but as he grows older he starts to realize that it's not really a utopian society if anything it's a dystopian society and i like i said i really recommend it it's really interesting and you know i just kind of thought that i would mention it that we're talking right now that we're talking about Euphoria. Armed guards were posted at all the exits and any phone calls that were made to family members back home were monitored by the guards themselves just to make sure that the people did not sound any alarms. During this period of time, Jim's health was declining. His drug addiction and mental health played a major role in Jim's paranoia against the government and the media. He swore they were out to get him. His health also took a toll on his leadership skills, forcing his followers to late-night meetings and even mock suicide trials. His followers began to worry for Jim, who were sadly suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. For those who don't know, Stockholm Syndrome occurs when a victim begins to bond with their abuser. This can happen in situations of kidnapping, captivity, etc. Within a year of Jim living in Jonestown, an investigation about the well-being of his people was launched due to reports back home from loved ones that they were being held captive in Jonestown. In November of 1978, Leo Ryan, who was a US representative in California, arrived in Jonestown with news reporters and concerned family members to check up on Jim and his congregation. To their surprise, they were welcomed with dinner and live entertainment. But good food and good music was not enough to keep the investigation from continuing. Leo and reporters had tons of the People's Temple members begging for help leaving Jonestown. On November 18th, Leo alongside the reporters, family members, and even 14 brave People's Temple members left Jonestown and headed to a nearby airstrip. As I mentioned earlier, Jim was already paranoid that the government and the media were out to get him so when jim found out they were ready to go and that they could potentially reveal the horrific truth of jim's congregation now colt jim ordered his guards to assassinate everyone attempting to leave the ambush successfully killed leo ryan three reporters and one member of the people's temple who had just fled the colt The rest of the reporters and members were able to flee, and with that news, Jim set his plan in motion. Jim knew that the people who were able to escape could potentially alert the authorities about the ongoing abuse and exploitation of labor of the people's temple members. And let's be honest, guys, they most definitely were. But Jim was also afraid that his congregation, quote-unquote, was going to be exposed for the cult that it was. So Jim had to act now. How did all these people get involved in this mess? Well, like I said, they were really convinced that this was a church and that they were doing good. What I'm confused about, though, is how he convinced 1,000 people to go with him to a completely different country. Because Guyana is located next to Venezuela in South America. Um And I don't know, dude, like from San Francisco all the way to south america like that's just a big move so people uprooted with their kids and everything and left their old lives behind just to move here with him i can only imagine how charismatic he he really was to be able to convince this large amount of people to up and go you know i'm saying like he had a gift that's what people were saying that's what people believed him he was super charismatic he had a way with people a way with words you know he was i want to say in some ways very manipulative Jim ran back to the compound and reported the following. The reporters that were just here fled in order to bring back soldiers that were going to torture the community of Jonestown. And in order to save themselves, Jim had ordered all his followers to meet in the main pavilion because it was time to execute his quote-unquote revolutionary act. Jim ordered the nurses and the parents to use syringes filled with a mixture of cyanide, sedatives, and juice And had them given to all the children in the compound up next were all the adults but instead of using syringes the adults were served in a cup and were forced to drink the laced liquid and quick fyi cyanide is a chemical used for many many things and even found in the foods we eat but it doesn't do much damage at all unless you ingest in large quantities what cyanide actually does it prevents cells from receiving oxygen Exactly, Liz. And unfortunately, all the children and all the adults who drank this mixture died from lack of oxygen to their cells. The following day, the authorities arrived to the compound to hundreds of people deceased. Children, men, women, and even Jim himself, who had a self-inflicted bullet wound to the head. The total number of people deceased varies a bit depending on the source, but anywhere between 908 to 918 people were found dead that morning. For many years, this tragedy was known as the Jonestown Mass Suicide, but years later, we have come to understand what this really was, which is why it's now called the Jonestown Massacre. Alright sis, so what did you think? I just can't believe he was able to manipulate all That amount of people. I know. And that to me, like I said, first of all, a lot of the things that I didn't know was that this didn't happen in the U.S. I really, really was convinced that this happened here, like within the U.S. And like I said... So it was in South America, right? Yeah. And like that to me was a surprise because then I started thinking like, okay, how did the authorities get involved? And on what grounds were they able to... Commit all that. And not just that, but like on what grounds were they able to go into a foreign country i guess kind of works the same like you know when you go to mexico to visit you have to get a like a i don't know what i know in spanish it's called a permiso which is where you kind of like a permit yeah kind of like a permit where you're basically letting the u.s authorities know like oh, it's, oh this is only guys if you like cross the border through land or if you're like walking across the border um because when you fly through you know like an airplane if you go to mexico on an airplane they stamp your passport they know that you're there but when you're walking through or driving by the the border um you have to get a permit kind of quote unquote to basically let the u.s authorities know that you're heading that way in case something happens to you over there they have you know permission to go in there looking for you you know like if you get if you go missing if you are found murdered whatever the case may be they have the, that authority to go in there and search so i'm wondering if this was on that ground where leo ryan showed up if he was able to show up because they said that the investigation wasn't even like a formal investigation so i'm thinking like okay what, what did he go for then if it's not official why is he there there is some survivors some people did survive about 30 something people survived um because they were able to run off into like the field the wilderness uh, surrounding the compound um so they did survive and they were so children and everything died yeah wow and a third of the the victims like 300 something of them were children wow yeah so it was really sad like the whole thing was just devastating and before 9 11 this was known as you know the biggest tragedy to american people or like the biggest loss of life to american people um before 9 11 which ultimately killed you know thousands of people i feel like it it was easier for them to believe in his message because there's a lot of video footage of him performing these so-called healing rituals and people see him preach and they're like wow like you ever see somebody so full of life and like and you're like yeah he knows what he's doing he knows what he's where he's getting at like and i feel like confidence takes you a really long way and that's something that he had a lot of he was very very confident literally like this man could sell you a pen because it it, just a regular ass pen he could sell it to you because he was that type of person where he was very convincing all his words he just talked like i don't know how to explain it but he was really good with his words he was very charismatic people knew him like that and he was gifted yeah that's what people say that he had a gift that other people didn't have and unfortunately sadly he used his gift for bad All right, guys, that's going to be it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know today was a short episode, but regardless, thank you for being here. Let us know what you think by joining the conversation. Head over to our Instagram at Sisters and Crime Pod or visit our Facebook page, Sisters and Crime Podcast, to chime in under this episode's post. As always, guys, we want to thank you for your support and listening to our podcast. And, you know, if you're really liking the show, go ahead and give us a rate on Apple Podcast if you're listening through that. Or always feel free to shoot us a DM with any feedback. This show was created for you, and we want to improve in any way you guys see fit. And don't forget to tune in next week for a brand new episode. Until then, Bye. bye!